Hey guys, this is John. And Austin. This is another episode of the Meat Gistics podcast. So we've got a very special one for you guys today. Something that we've talked about for a while. Uh, we've got the Kingsbury and Associates. It is the Western Legacy Development Corporation's beef plant chief operating officer on the phone today. We were expecting and wanted to have Megan Kingsbury on, but something was going wrong with our system and she couldn't connect to this call. So we we're trying to make this work, um, but we do have Curtis Harper, who is their chief operating officer. Curtis, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to talk to us. We really appreciate it. And again, apologize for those technical difficulties. No problem. Looking, looking forward to having a conversation with you guys. Yeah. So how this kind of started is we have a part of the podcast that we call Meat Matters. And you, the story of what you guys are doing came across our radar and just I find it so fascinating and think it's actually a really cool and hopefully industry interrupting type of thing that you guys are doing because the size you're talking about puts you up there with some of the big boys, but you're not associated with any of them. That's correct. No, we're, we're completely independent, beholden to no one. So can you talk a little bit about what went into this decision? Sure. Um, Megan and I have been good friends for many years. Um, she used to live out here um, on the East Coast where I spend most of my time, although I'm spending a lot of time out West right now. Um, she decided to move back to Rapid City, where she's from, where her family are, and she's a fifth-generation rancher. And we decided to open up a real estate and commercial development business together. This was probably a year and a half ago that we did that, and we're, we're excited about that as well. And she started to explain to me the plight of the, the ranchers. And in her words, she said, I'm a fifth generation rancher, and I don't know if there's going to be a sixth generation. The, the margins have gotten so squeezed on the, on the producers that, that she doesn't know if there's a future there. And um, so we started talking over a couple months and said, well, why don't we do something about it? And... Uh, Megan has strong skills in construction, finance, and I've spent a lot of my career in large manufacturing, running large manufacturing operations, both for, for, for public companies and also um, on my own. So we said, let's, let's do this thing. And there's no way to do it and make an impact and, and be a boutique shop. Yeah, well, you so definitely we didn't go the, boutique. No, we did. No, we did not. <laughs> no, we did not. We did not go go boutique. No, I think that's fair to say. I would say eight thousand head a day of cattle. I, I I don't think that gets through how big that is. That is a huge thing. I was writing stuff down for this, and I said a lot of people would you know dip their toes in. You guys dove to the bottom of the Marianas Trench. This would be the largest huh. beef plant in North America. To our knowledge, that's correct. <laughs> like just, just as like a, 
comparison. Um, we're a supplier in the meat process, processing industry, but um, selling to independents out there, not really the big boys. But our average customer is a lot smaller than what you guys are. Well, again, we, we can't have the impact we want to have by being by being small. And, and you have to have – to make an impact on an industry of this size, you, you have to have um, a large footprint. So a couple of weeks ago uh, – well, months ago at this point, we talked to uh, Bill uh, – was it Bill Berman from the American Ranchers Association – I uh, had a great conversation with him, but he was talking very much about what it sounds like was the impetus of you guys opening this plant. That was the plight of the American cattle rancher. So her being a fifth generation cattle rancher, obviously it's in her blood, it's in her family. Um, the connections that she has through that, I assume are going to be your initial customers. Is that the well, correct the, the, business the plan? Connections, the, the, the connections she has are are invaluable and the credibility she brings to the table by being a person whose family is has is intimately involved in it her her cousin you know runs their family ranch and when you say ranch it's a big ranch um so um we did a whole tour of the state basically meeting with producers meeting with crop growers meeting with the state basically meeting with every stakeholder that we could we could meet with. And the very first meeting we had was primarily ranchers and, and a couple of them happened to be either state representatives or state senators, doesn't really matter. And the margins they described to me for the effort that goes into raising and feeding a, a cattle is just... I was just shocked at how low their margins are. Yep. We've talked about it a bunch, especially recently with the uh, cattle sell-off. Uh, we've seen a slight dip in the price of beef, but uh, somebody in there is making a lot of money and it's not the ranchers. Wow. Correct. So what, what chose, why did you guys choose uh, Rapid City, South Dakota? Is that, is there a familial connection to that? Yes, yes. Both both Megan's mother and father are from Rapid City. Her family ranch is not too far away in Kadoka. Um, so there's huge uh, connections with that part of the state, eastern Wyoming, you know, those those things. And there's a lot of cattle that's raised or birthed in South Dakota, but is not does not end up getting processed in that area. It gets shipped off to other states to be fed. So how many people are you looking at hiring? I've seen a few different numbers. Do you have a, a full staff number? We're, in we're looking at, at, yeah. So we're looking at 2,500 people um, in the, in the plant and, and, a number of support people, obviously, as well. But we'll have a lot of people. What What do you guys currently have? Like, I assume there's a lot that goes into this, and it's a multi-year project. Um, are you guys still conceptual, or are you, have you guys already started building out some of your team and and what and who you're going to need to oh, tackle we, this whole we've thing? Been, we've been building out our team 
everything from drawings, engineering studies, uh, working with municipalities on permitting, you know, those kinds of things. So we have a very good core nucleus that obviously we'll be building out um, as we move forward. Cool. So you're in South Carolina right now. Sorry, you're on the East Coast right now. Um, I, mean, so big- I, I, I live in Greenville, South Carolina. There you go. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that to you. Um, no, that's fine. Hogs are a big thing down there. Now with hogs, you know, you have a lot of uniformity, simplicity, um, beef, more variation. Getting 8,000 head through a day. Is there any uh, advantages you guys have where you feel like you'll be able to do that easier, either through plant design um, or something? Yes, we are very fortunate in that we basically have a blank sheet of paper. So we don't have to to live by old paradigms other than obviously safety of our employees is paramount, safety of the consumer is paramount. Those things are given and and you have to take those things into account as you design a facility. But we can rethink and are rethinking and have found some very innovative partners to help us do things differently. Just even things just like how we're going to take care of our team members, how the facility is going to look in inside, um, the lighting we're going to use to make the environment better. So um, we have an opportunity to do it do it differently and everybody that we're partnering with um, buys into that philosophy. So, so we believe we're going to have a lot of opportunities to be um, more efficient in how we, how we process the, the cattle and bison. Do you guys have uh, a lot of like pre-existing industry knowledge um, of like the harvest and production process, or is that a lot of stuff you guys are learning as you're going, or do you have a, a, a team that's kind of helped with some of that or what, what does that part of it look for we, you guys? We, 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 we do the, um, we think, no, we know we are partnering with the best original equipment manufacturer there is in, in, in the world. And uh, they're going to be a huge help to us as well as, as we bring on uh, experienced team members, you know, we want to bring on people from the industry who has some knowledge, but at the same token, <clears throat> We don't want to fill our our team with just people um, from the industry because then we won't get any new ideas. Yeah, then you'll just be like them, but you guys want to be uh, different. One of the things that I was reading up that really intrigued me was that you guys have a plan to recycle water at the process or at the um, facility. Can you talk about that at all? Oh, absolutely. Um, throughout the process, the, the, you use a lot of water to process cattle and bison. There's, there's no question about it. And it, we have to be good stewards of all the resources that we use, whether it's water, electricity, uh, whatever, um, just the cattle itself. We want to make sure that every part that can be marketed can be can be used and, and marketed. So, on the water specifically, yes, we're designing systems that will recycle a significant amount 
of our water right there on on the plant. And then we will work very closely with the municipalities in terms of what their specifications are. And, and to some degree, some of the products that we make or some of the water is actually helpful to those plants in terms of digesting the waste that, that they get in. Hey, you're building basically the, hopefully, the processing plants of the future. That's got to feel both amazing and a little bit intimidating, I imagine. It's both, but it better not be the the. It better not be, hopefully, the plant of the future. It, it must be the plant of the future. Yeah. That's yeah. a good way to look at it. Uh, so can you talk at all about some of the challenges, like some of the biggest issues you guys have had so far? We, you know, obviously the scope and scale is a, is a challenge. There's, there's been a fair number of what I'll call boo birds, you know, sitting on the sidelines, throwing, throwing rocks at us. But, but by and large, people have embraced what we want to do and have been, have been very, have been very supportive. So other than the natural challenges of trying to do something on this scale, you know, so far we haven't, we haven't felt um, other than, you know, a few people on this, on the sidelines, you know, who aren't in the game, you know, throwing rocks at us. And that's okay. And we expect that. Yeah. That was, that was one of my questions too. And you kind of touched on is what's the, the general sentiment that you're, you're hearing and feeling out there from like people locally around it and also nationally. Uh, we've had very good uh, responses uh, from national organizations. Um, Megan has done a number of, of interviews with, with, uh, people like Bloomberg, Reuters, and and others. So uh, we've been very well received nationally. Yeah, I as somebody who's in the industry somewhat, I, I find any resistance to this that's not from one of the big four confusing. I don't understand how they could look at it as anything but a good thing. Well, good. I want you to keep, and everyone you you run into, I want you to tell them that. That's great because that, we want to be a good thing. We want to be good neighbors. We want to be good stewards of the environment. We want to do right by our people, and we obviously, you know, want to do right by our suppliers and 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 our customers. So, uh, kind of looking at you compared to the big four out there. Um, are you guys doing this to kind of compete with them directly? Are you trying to fill an existing gap or fill a, a new role that you guys see as open? Or, or what do you see your role being long-term in the industry? We want to focus on what we do best. We certainly are going to do some products that are different. We see bison as a very strategic part of our portfolio, but, but at 8,000 8, head a day, we're bound to bump into some, some competition in the marketplace. But, um, yeah, that's just going to happen. But we're certainly going to try and do as, as much as we can to create differentiated products, everything from, you know, we're going to do U.S. source beef, and we're going to be very open about that. U.S. source bison, we're going to be very open about that. Um, 
but I'm, you know, as big as our operation is, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that, that it's impossible that we'll run into some legacy people who've been in the industry a long time. In June of this year, it was announced that you were targeting 2026 as the open date. Is that still the goal? Correct. Okay. If not sooner. We're hopeful that the supply chains will give us an opportunity to beat that timeline. That was the best information we had. Steel was so tight. We weren't sure. You know, it was 18 months for some steel products that we needed. Um, the OEMs weren't particular. Original equipment manufacturers were pretty pessimistic in terms of delivery. We're seeing some of that starting to break positively for us. But you know, we're that's still the 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 target date. But I sure want to do better than that, and I think we can. Yeah, that's going to jive nicely, at least what, what I'm seeing. Uh, this recent sell-off, it's going to take three to four years for the herds to really recover. So if you guys can open right around that time, that is going to be absolutely perfect. I like to hear that. Yeah, the uh, we... And we have time to... And we have time... Um, to go out and, and talk to producers and encourage them and, and tell them our story and you know why it makes sense for them to do to do business with us. So, um, yes, I, th I do think having some time is helpful for us in terms of you know picking the best partners, picking the best technology, um, doing it the right way, you know, have, having a, the blank sheet of paper that we have right now. So having some time to, to think it through is going to be beneficial to, to everybody at the end, our suppliers, our people, and our customers. What, what are some of the things that uh, you would say are like your benchmarks for success um, and some of the things you've, you find like exciting as you're going through this process? Well, the first the first thing is um, there are three three partners right now: myself, Megan, and we just brought uh, another partner in um, who has significant construction and design experience. Um, we'll be announcing that shortly, formally. Um, so you guys may be the first ones to hear that. Um, and we're working on our culture. The first thing we're trying to do is the three of us are are meeting for quite some time next week to to lay out what our culture is and and how we live out those how we live out those values because if we don't live them our team sure isn't going to live them. Uh, benchmarks for success will will be obviously did we meet the timeline that we said we would do. Um, are our suppliers pleased that they do business with us? Are our teammates happy to be part of Western Legacy? And are, and are our customers happy? Do they keep coming back to, to purchase our products? So from a high spot, those are, those are the measures that we have for our success. And, I, and obviously, one um, 
because I'm ex dupont that's so important is that um, we excel in safety and occupational health. And I think it's fair to say that the industry may not have the greatest track record in the, in that area. Yeah. Yeah. I think and I'll, that. And I'm going to just leave it at that. <laughs> that's definitely fair to say. If people want to follow along with how things are going, are you, do you have anything planned for that? Do you guys have a social media? Do you have anything? We, we, we've done a number of town meetings. So we've been pretty open compared to what most people, most people normally go stealth on something like this. And then, you know, the day before you hit the start button, you have the governor and ribbon cuttings and stuff like that. Well, we can't do, I mean, we can't do that because it's going to take time to build our supplier base, build time to get our teammates in there and train. Um, certainly time to, to work with our customers in terms of what their, their needs, their needs are. So um, we will continue to be open. Obviously I'm here today. Um, Megan is, is on a panel at the South Dakota state fair um, this weekend. So uh, we do not have a website up yet where people can blog and we don't have a blog yet. Um, as we, as we go down the, the road, we'll, we'll certainly think through that. But right now we think we've been pretty, pretty open. And, you know, if people want to find out what we're doing, they shouldn't have to search the internet too hard. No, there is plenty of information out there. And one of the things you said about trying to figure out how to build your culture, uh, that is unbelievably important. The difference that an employee has going into a good culture versus a negative one is night and day. I can speak from that from personal experiences. Uh, I wake up, get out of bed, and am excited to come into work. Makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, well, and, and that's what we have to do. I mean, I, you know, your environment is probably a little different than um, – a large, you know, cattle and bison processing plant, but we're going to do everything we can within the confines of that's the product we're making to make our team members excited and want to come in and, and we have to reward them in such a way that um, they want to come and be part of our team. Because right now people have choices on what team they want to be on. Yeah. We talked to a, uh... Uh, Rebecca Thistlethwaite, she's with uh, an extension of the University of Washington, uh, and she helps smaller processors. And one of the things she had to get through to them was you're not competing with the guy down the road anymore. You're competing with or with Amazon for employees. You're competing with all these large companies. So you have to you know, give them specific things, offer them a higher uh, salary, especially if they're cold or cold room workers, uh, more time off. So employee competition is a real thing right now. Oh, it's, 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 it's huge. And, and the, the other thing that goes along with that is turnover is historically pretty high in our, in our, on in our industry. And, 
and just beyond the cost of retraining people, you've got all kinds of considerations, all the way from from safety and health through uh, the quality of the product that you're that you're making. Absolutely. That's the five minutes. You've already been more than generous enough with your time. We really, really do appreciate this. And again, very sorry for the technical difficulties. Um, I will reach out to Megan, obviously, and apologize further. Very annoyed with us. Non issue. And um, if you guys want to do this again, you know, say a month from now for an update or whatever, you know, reach out to Megan and or myself and we'll be happy to to, to work with y'all. Awesome. Awesome. We will definitely take you up on that. Thank you so much, Curtis. Thanks, Curtis. You're welcome. Okay. So for today's podcast, we were going to have the CEO and COO of Western Legacy Development Corporation. Uh, one of that is Megan Kingsbury, who is the CEO, and Curtis Harper, who is the COO. Unfortunately, and this is not on them at all, um, you can blame John. It's okay. You can blame me. It really, I, it, it, somehow it has to be my fault. Like we must've done something wrong. Cause I've tested it on iPhones and it works. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things, technical difficulties yeah. happens and it's Super unfortunate, annoying. but, um, we still had a great conversation with Curtis. So yeah. So Curtis Harper is the, uh, COO chief operating officer of, uh, the plant that's being built. Absolutely great conversations, guys. Fascinating really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get them uh, back on and, and do some follow-ups here um, to get more. Cause it sounds like they're open about stuff and it, it, I'm super intrigued. The more we can know and stay involved in it um, just out of my own personal curiosity, yep. um, I want to stay involved and know what they're doing. I just, uh, I'm looking forward to what this is going to do to the market. And I'm just like you, I'm intrigued beyond what I would normally would be. Like, I just think this is such an interesting thing that's going on. Hopefully, maybe it even spreads to other industries. But we'll get to the interview now. Okay. So then he cuts Should we do back. do a wrap up? Yeah, might as well do a wrap up. <clears throat> All right. So that was our conversation with Curtis. Um, as you could hear, uh, Megan didn't get a chance to join us again. Again, my fault. Uh she was more than willing to do it. And as Curtis said, they're being extraordinarily open with this information. Um, I find it very, very interesting that we have now, well, technically we didn't because we didn't get Megan. But I was going to say we've interviewed somebody that Reuters and Bloomberg have interviewed. Yeah. But I'm sure uh, Curtis was on some of those anyways. So I'm still putting that feather in our cap. Yeah, I'm I'm. I don't know the best way to describe it. Almost surprised that they would talk to us. Like, we are not a big podcast by any stretch of the imagination. We do. I mean, we're, we're in the industry, but we're mm -hmm. not the right, we're not the right fit for a supplier really for them. Uh -huh. We're not going to, Oh yeah, we, yeah, we no. don't do that area. And so like them working with us, it doesn't necessarily just like immediately go, Oh, that makes sense. Cause we're already doing stuff together. Uh -huh. And it's, we're related because we're both in a similar industry, but at the same time, don't have the connection with each other, but they were yeah super open and willing to do it. And um, uh, like I said before, I I want to talk to them again and see a follow up and see where where they're going, how things are going. Um, but it's it's gonna, I think it's gonna be an interesting ride for them. They said it's it's what gonna be about four years till they open um, twenty twenty six, and 
those four years, they're going to be busy. Oh, yes. Be very busy. So during that time, hopefully we can we can keep talking to them and, and see where they're at, how things are going. Because um, one of the things that was most interesting to me was when he talked about they've got like a blank sheet of paper mm. because they're um, they're not going to be constricted to they already have a plant and they're trying to remodel it and make this work and add production. They're going in blank slate. How are we going to design this the best? They can hopefully learn from others in the industry who have done it before, um, take other manufacturing and production experience they have and design something truly different. Um, it, it'll be exciting to see what they come up with. Um, Cause I think it's, I think it's an area and it's an industry that has the potential to, do a lot of things different. There's a lot of confines that you have to stay within because of USDA requirements on some things, but um, still to design a plant that big from scratch um, will allow them to do some definitely unique and different things. I mean, that's just designing the plant is the challenge of somebody's lifetime. Like somebody is going to be able oh, to it's basically not like a person it's, there'll be like, a okay, whole but there'll be a head yeah. designer of it. Yeah. Somebody will be able to retire saying i built that plant uh -huh. and that's going to be a huge feather in their cap so that that is awesome um do we have anything else we want to talk about Ooh, have we talked about our oh new cups i don't yet? know if we've talked well it'll be on the live stream tomorrow so anybody who's listening to this is probably not everybody gonna, watches okay. the live stream so we now have our waltons and meat gistics uh 40 ounce tumblers in and they are big. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. Uh, but the bottom is small enough to pretty easily fit in a car oh, yeah. cup. That's an absolute requirement. I hate when you get a mug or a cup that's too big to fit in a standard cup holder. It makes me so mad. So I say that, but mine's never left the office, nor will it. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't want to risk losing it. We have how many hundreds of these things, things back go, in the warehouse? I mean, fair point. Go fair get point. another fair one. Point. Um, but things go missing from my house randomly. And I know I'm the culprit. Like, I know I just misplaced it and can't find it because my wife knows where everything is. But yeah, so I, I don't really want to risk that. Um, we also have Waltons and BHA instead of Waltons and Mejistics. If you want to support BHA instead, you should support Mejistics. You're listening to our podcast. <laughs> so there. make your choice wisely. They're both We're orange, watching. just different logos on them, but other than that, same same cup. So, yeah. All right. That's it. We'll see you guys on tomorrow's live stream or yesterday's. Well, yesterday's. Or yesterday's. Tomorrow's. However you want to do it. However you want to do it. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. Did we just talk to ourselves in the future? <laughs> thanks for checking out the Meatistics podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to waltonsinc.com. And to get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at meatgistics.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.